The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Well, the latest poll from the Sunday Independent and Ireland Thinks shows that 41% of the country want the government to be led by Sinn Féin and not to include Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael. So can it be a reality? And if so, if so, what does it mean in terms of Sinn Féin policy and the support that they will need to coalesce around them to get into government? Um, Unite Senior Officer, Unite Trade Union Senior Officer, Brendan Ogle joins me now. Brendan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Anton. How are you? I'm very good. Brendan, rarely has there been a situation where so much of the analysis is so sure of who is going to lead the next government. And the, the trend all says that it is going to be Sinn Féin. How are they going to pull it off in terms of the numbers? Because they have so aggressively positioned themselves at the far end of the spectrum to most of the other parties that it's going to be a very difficult dance to be, get betrothed to one of them to get the numbers together. Well, interesting questions indeed. Um, first of all, to say, Anton, I'm not a member of any political party and, and haven't been for, for over two decades now, so I, I don't bring a political uh, agenda to bear. But I do want to see, like those 41%, our first non-Finnefall or Finnegan-led government. And it's just a mathematical fact that if that's to happen, uh, Sinn Féin, it seems, unless something uh, gargantuan happens, Sinn Féin are going to lead that first non-Finnefall and Finnegale government. And what I would really like to see, and what I think is really necessary now, is to see the, 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 the left, um, particularly the left, who, who don't engage positively, um, rethink their approach to this. Uh, what we have had historically uh, is other parties of the left attacking uh, Sinn Féin, who may form or, in fact, lead that alternative government. That's been their historic approach. And the historic result has been practically zero growth for those parties. They've gone nowhere in, in polls for years. And more Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael governments. So and, and do you think, Brendan... There needs to be a reanalysis, Anton, across the, across the broad left. Indeed. And do you think if they do that among the parties of the left... Will it be possible to gather together enough support to have an entirely left government, or will we still have to see some members of the current governing cohort brought inside that tent? Well, it, it all depends, I suppose, what your interpretation of the left is, and 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 you know whether we're dealing with with, with adult politics here or not. I've seen Sinn Féin being criticised by factions on the far left this weekend, for example, because Mary Lou Macdonald appears to have had this, you know, committed the, the mortal sin of meeting with some business people to give them reassurances about a future government. Well, I've met business people in my job all my life, and I don't think I've ever sold anybody out. So I would need some mature uh, politics on the left. And if that happens, look at it. I don't even know if Sinn Féin are, are what I would call a left party, uh, Anton. I, but, but I tell you what I do think, and I tell you what I, what I think the broad left need to consider. I do think Sinn Féin will build more houses than we're getting built at the moment. I do think Sinn Féin will be better for workers' rights. And this is a country where we've no collective bargaining. We're almost alone among our peers, peer countries in that. I do think that Sinn Féin might actually do something on okay. slanter care, a single-tier system. And I think if we stop trying to mark them as, or the Marxist or the communist, they're not. They're now, not. 
Do they run a risk to any extent, Ben? Because for any opposition party, the shift from opposition to governing is a difficult one, because at least when you're in opposition, you are allowed to be red in tooth and claw in your criticism. But when you get handed the reins of power, there is a certain level of, of compromise and responsibility that comes with it. Does Sinn Féin risk losing popularity among some of its core support if what they look at is a, a compromise being made by the party that they support? Should I do, of course? That's the nature of politics. I, I met somebody who I, who I really valued her opinion last week, actually, who, who is very, very connected with the Labour Party. And they had a view of the Labour Party, that the Labour Party won't recover until Sinn Féin are in government and start disappointing people. Uh, you know, I heard Maylene McDonald talking before about they're, they're going to need 10 years in government. Of course, in order for Sinn Féin to become electable. I should not we see it with Blair uh, way back in Britain. In order for Sinn Féin to become electable and lead that non-Finnegal and Finnegal government, they're going to have to move into the centre. And Ireland is not going to... Uh, here's, here's a wake-up call for the far left. Ireland ain't going to elect a Marxist government, OK? We're a conservative country and we need progress on, on, on housing, on healthcare, on workers' rights. And that requires pragmatism from those on the left. And yes, Sinn Féin will have to move. And I look forward to, to marking them and not voting for them probably for the next government when they've let us all down. But what we do know as well, Anton, we don't know what Sinn Féin will do in government. But we do know what Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael will do in government because they've done it for 100 years. And look where that's got us. Now, in relation to the challenges that Sinn Féin will face, you mentioned the um, Mary Lou MacDonald meeting with significant business figures. We were talking the other day, yesterday, to uh, Pascal Donoghue about the budget. And one of the things that came up in that discussion was the corporation tax and how effectively 50% of our corporation tax comes from fewer than 10 companies. Now, that's billions of euro in the hands of a very small amount of very capitalist people. How is a party of the left going to handle that balance between so much money that pays for public services being dependent on such grossly capitalist companies? Well, you're saying very nicely, Anton. You've done this before. I don't buy into the narrative here that if we have decent tax policies which require some of the richest corporations in the world to pull their weight, I don't buy into the narrative that they'll all go somewhere else because guess what? They're already there. They have decent tax policies in Germany. They have decent tax policies in France. They've got better public services than us as well. So I don't buy that narrative. I do accept, by the way, I do accept that our, our corporation taxes are, 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 are joint and they are fluid. Uh, and I'd like to see more of them spent uh, on capital expenditure for that reason. I do accept those arguments, but I don't accept the argument from, from the people who haven't built houses from the people who have seen the the, the lives of generations of young people ruined here, from the people who won't deliver collective bargaining and have been in control here for 100 years, that if they're not in government, the country's going to get an awful lot worse because, you know, Sinn Féin or others can't deal with the adults. I don't accept that. Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have, have, have put misery on hundreds of thousands of people in this country, on young people today who have little chance, unless they're in the top their side of, of earners, with little chance of good career prospects and expectations, pensionable employment, decent salaries, let alone a house. 
So I don't accept lectures from those. There's, of course there's going to be challenges from Sinn Féin, for Sinn Féin if they lead that government. But, you know, let's see. The, I don't think it can be much worse, to be perfectly honest with you, Anton. Brennan, give me your sense. Do you think that people are leaning Sinn Féin because there is an implicit desire for left-wing policy, because there's a desire for greater social supports, because there's a desire for greater investment in public housing and and, um, and national health? Or is it a protest vote and a sense of disenfranchisement and that Sinn Féin are able to capitalise on that? I, I, I think it's more like the first one. I just wouldn't agree with the language. I, I don't think people are leaning towards Sinn Féin because they're socialists, because I don't think they are. But I think people have reached a situation, more and more people, even well-off people, even people who are comfortable in their, in their, in their houses uh, or, or worried about their children or their grandchildren. I think we've reached a situation now where more and more people realise that the policies that are pushing money up to a smaller and smaller number of people uh, trickle down doesn't work and our, our kids and our grandkids and future generations and our public services are suffering. I think more and more people are realising that and I think more and more people are prepared to, to give Sinn Féin a go. As I say, I'm not a Sinn Féin member. I've never been a Sinn Féin member. There are very good reasons why I'm not a Sinn Féin member. Um, but I think more and more people are prepared, are going to be prepared to give that alternative a go. Now, let me uh, devil's advocate a bit of... of I, okay. see I, I don't think I see that as socialist, Anton, to be honest with you. Let me devil's advocate a bit of what you're saying, because you talk about the sense of failure in terms of where we've gotten to over 100 years. There will undoubtedly people who, be people who will text in and say, look, we have some of the highest quality of life, just going by OECD stats, we have some of the highest quality of life and living in among the uh, European Union and worldwide. We have almost total employment, as close as you can get to it within the bounds of stats. We have... Um, some of the highest educational quality in the world. So by the objective metrics by which you say, is a country doing well? For our size, we do extraordinarily well. I don't, I do, you're doing devil's advocate very well, Anton. I don't accept the devil's advocacy in this case. Um, I, first of all, in relation to the, the, the employment, yeah, we have statistical full employment and we need it because I know people who have three jobs and still can't pay the rent. Um, we have a huge amount of people who are in the sort of employment that didn't exist when I was a young person. Uh, you know, it, 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 tantamount to indentured slavery, uh, zero hours contracts, black markets, mi- below minimum wage. We, we, the government promising a living wage and they're light years away from delivering it. And I come back again to our health system, to our public services and to the housing, Anton. Housing is really where it's at. Does anybody actually believe Anybody actually believe, after all of these years and after all the changing ministers, does anybody actually believe that Fine Gael are, are going to do anything but push money into developers' pockets? And Fine Gael are going to do anything other than push an ideology that has created record homelessness and deprivation? And the OECD might want to talk about that, but I do, Anton. Now, Brendan, we brought you on to discuss the prospect of a left government and, and what might the implications be. I can't let you go, given the, your background as a, a vocal advocate for uh, the union movement, without getting a view on what's going on in RTE. Undoubtedly, you have been following it. What's your take? Uh, yeah, me and, me, and, me and everyone else in the country, Anton. Actually, what strikes me about it, and just to come on the call, I was just looking at some of the, some of the Iraq stuff there. Um, I've been interviewed by RTE for you know, the best part of three decades. And what strikes me about it, people have spoken about the workers correctly and people have spoken about the taxpayers correctly. As someone who's been interviewed many, many times by RTE, 
and other people as well have been interviewed. You know, somebody's life, somebody's reputation, somebody's career can be changed by the nature of an interview or an editorial decision around a topic or an interview. And that's fair enough. That's public relations. That's being held accountable. And that's what public service broadcasters and indeed broadcasters like yourself should do. But what people who are being interviewed uh, by RTE uh, as a national broadcaster are entitled to expect is that the organisation, and I'm not talking about Ryan Tuberty here because I don't know Ryan Tuberty, I'm talking about them all. The organisation that is carrying out that interview must itself apply the standards to itself that it is holding the people it is interviewing to. And it is quite apparent, and it's becoming increasingly apparent by the, by the minute at this stage, that this organisation, this national broadcaster, hasn't done that for quite a number of years. And that's what's really, really troubling to me. That's what's striking me about Anton. Brendan, thank you for your time this afternoon. That's Brendan Ogle, who is Unite Senior Officer. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.